Well, the jobs report for the month of August is out today, and here with the details is David McDonald, senior economist with the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives. He joins us here on Global News Radio. David, very good afternoon. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here as always. Okay, we were expecting good news. Did we get it? We did get good news. It's actually the uh, the lowest unemployment rate that we've seen since the start of the pandemic in February 2020. We're within about 150,000 jobs of the of the the you know the, the number of jobs that we had in in February 2020. Uh, that uh, you know once we return to the level we we're at February 2020, we're not all the way back uh, in terms of the employment rate, uh, and that's in part because. More people have graduated from universities and colleges and high schools since February 2020, uh, and so the the labor force population has grown. Um, and so we're not, you know, we, we, there's still there's still some more catch up to do, you know, relative to the size of the population. But that would, I think, be a very important point is if we got back to where we were in February 2020, and we're close. So we're not entirely there, but we're close. When we take a look at um, the service side of the economy, uh, is basically back to where it was in February 2020, but that really masks big changes that have happened underneath that. We're still way down uh, in employment when it comes to food and accommodations. This is, you know, restaurants and hotels and tourism, that sort of thing. We also continue to be well down in uh, information, uh, culture and recreation. Uh, so this is, you know, sports and entertainment, that sort of thing. Uh, but these have been traded for big gains on uh, professional scientific and technical services, things like lawyers' offices, for instance, or accountants' offices that have actually uh, enjoyed a fair amount of additional hiring over the course of the pandemic um, uh, and, and in other areas like uh, educational services as well as things like real estate um, that have been hiring people during the pandemic, um, often to support more work from home. These industries are much more capable of working from home um, than, say, uh, accommodation food services, where, you know, you're a lot less likely to be able to work from home. In any event, I mean, it, it's good news. It's certainly the best employment we've seen so far. Um, you know, I, I, I am a bit concerned. This is a bit of a honeymoon period in August. This is, you know, these are the August numbers. We were in very much of a honeymoon period in August 2020 as well, um, before the second wave hit in the fall of 2020. There are certainly indications of a fourth wave hitting um, in some places, uh, much more imminently than others, like Alberta and British Columbia, but that's certainly the possibility in big markets like Ontario as well, where you see case counts being actually higher than they were uh, around this time in, in uh, you know this year, last year, uh, and then we're going into schools uh, opening back up and more people spending more time inside, which is um, you know can, can be a means by which COVID-19 might spread. And if the case counts get too high and the vaccination rate doesn't get high enough, it's unfortunately far too easy to overrun the healthcare system. And then you end up in, in another lockdown, which sure. drives a lot of people out of work again. Well, let me ask you, adding 90,000 jobs in August, three months of straight gains, is that enough for a trend? Are we out of this or we just don't know because of what you just mentioned there, the unknown being we're in the midst of a fourth wave and uh, who knows? I mean, fingers crossed, but uh, who knows whether or not we're going to see another lockdown? Yeah, I mean, I think the trend that we need to be watching is the public health trend, not the not the employment trend. I mean, that, you know, employment could have been as, as good as you might want it to be. But once the healthcare system gets overrun, it doesn't matter. I mean, you're forced into lockdowns. Otherwise, 
you know, nobody can get health care. And so that's that's part of the danger. It's certainly the danger we're seeing in Alberta already as they start to cancel elective surgeries and scale back on, you know, people that, you know, we, you think of elective surgeries, as, you know, this isn't cosmetic surgery. This is surgery people need, but they're not going to die immediately if, uh, you know, be, because they're not not operated on. Um, but that doesn't mean they are, not uh, you know, not working because they're in terrible pain, not working because they're very sick. So, I mean, just like before, you know, we we think of <laughs> we think of this uh, as some some sort of trade off between the economy and and uh, you know the, the public health. The, the reality is that over three waves, the longer you know, once the public health concern starts to ramp up, once the case counts and hospitalizations start to ramp up. The longer you wait, it just means the harsher the lockdown is going to be and the longer the lockdown is going to be in place. So it's not the economy versus public health. It's we have to have public health in order to have certain sections of the economy. Sure. Um, yeah. I'm One feeds sure off the other. Happen, but we'll see. Yeah. OK. You were mentioning a second ago about some of the growth areas or growth industries. Are we starting to see a shift in work for Canadians due to covid in the pandemic? Are we starting to see uh, Canadians embark upon and do different types of work? Well, we certainly see a big expansion in some sectors, and presumably what's happening is that some of the people who used to work in food and accommodation, who used to work uh, in uh, arts, culture, and sports, uh, after being laid off uh, for a year and a half, or being intermittently laid off through all the different waves, have decided, look, this industry is not stable enough for me and my family. I need a job someplace else that's more stable. And certainly since pay rates in those sectors are often very low and the hours are not great, uh, it probably wouldn't take that much to get, uh, you know, to enjoy a job in another sector. So you think of someone who might used to have worked in food and uh, accommodation uh, services, uh, decide to take up a job, uh, you know, at an accountant's office or a lawyer's office, uh, you know, as some sort of, you know, doesn't even have to be a high wage, or doesn't have to be a high wage, um, you know, high skill position could be relatively low wage. I mean, most of food and accommodation operates at, at or just above minimum wage. So, I think what might be happening here is that you, we might be seeing a permanent shift away from some of those service sector, um, you know, service sectors that have been hit hard by these lockdowns to other sectors. What that could mean in the long term is potentially even higher wages for the people that are left in food and accommodation, arts, culture, and sports. We haven't okay. seen that so far. I mean, we, we, you know, there's certainly this debate. We can't find workers, and the workers say, well, you're not paying enough, and the, the job conditions are terrible. So we'll see how that negotiation works out, but I think that might be one of the longer-term switches. we only got about 60 seconds, but I wanted to ask you, is one of the big determinants of uh, where job growth uh, happens and where it goes in the coming months is it work at home, a hybrid working model that if uh, some employees are uh, asked to or forced to come back into the office, that uh, we might see uh, a big migration of employees out of different sectors? What was interesting this in this month's data is that the job change ratios, this is the portion of people that are uh, leaving their jobs or the portion of people that are, that are taking new jobs. Um, you know, during the pandemic, very few people were leaving their jobs voluntarily. I mean, if they, you know, they might have been laid off. That's that, that's not counted here, but they, they weren't leaving their jobs. There's a lot of uncertainty. People weren't sure about getting another job, even if they didn't like their job. They were gonna they were gonna stick it out because they had a job. Um, that has returned to pre-pandemic levels. Uh, so we're not above the sort of job leaving rate that we saw pre-pandemic, but we're back at it, even though employment is not to to where it was before. So this potentially might be indicative going into the fall as people are recalled to their jobs and they don't want to face the risk of 
going back due to COVID-19, they really like working from home and don't like, you know, an hour and a half commute, which is not uncommon in big cities and big metro areas like Vancouver and Toronto. Um, this may be a sign of things to come that people are much more willing to quit their jobs um, rather than go back to jobs when they're recalled. Although time will tell uh, if that actually happens in the coming months. All right. In the meantime, some positive news on the jobs front for the month of August. David, appreciate the time as always. Thanks for breaking it down for us and enjoy your weekend. Thanks for having me. Bye. You bet. David McDonald, Senior Economist with the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives, with, yes, the job report out for the month of uh, August, and it is good news. 90,000 new jobs added in the month of August, and that makes it three months in a row we have seen job gains. And that does it for my time here on this Friday. Thanks, as always, for yours. I'm Jeff MacArthur. Have a great weekend. I will see you Monday morning at 9 on the morning show on Global Television. And keep it right here on Global News Radio. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.